Welcome to the Clarity Radio Show and Podcast. I'm Elena, and I'm looking forward to having this conversation. Oh, we're going to have some fun today. Let's talk about purpose. You know, sometimes you have to go deep so you can go high. So let's get into it. Let's talk about finding and maintaining fulfillment. Sugar, I'm not here for motivation. We need revelation. Let's talk about how to live abundantly. My prayer for you is the same for me. Clarity. Clearly I see. So are you ready? All right, let's go. Hey, y'all. Welcome once, welcome twice, welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Clarity Podcast and Radio Show where our conversations are always about finding fulfillment, identifying purpose, and just how to live an abundant life. Y'all, so if you have not noticed, I am a purpose-focused sort of person. So I always like to kick off the show by mentioning that the purpose of Clarity is to create content and conversations that help us to see ourselves, others, and God clearer. So we can live the abundant, purpose-driven, and fulfilled lives we're created for. If that sounds like something you're into, keep listening. So quick backstory. God, the big man upstairs, as they say, the big L-O-R-D, he told me when Clarice was first, right before it was coming about, he said that an issue in one of those areas, seeing ourselves, others, or God clearer, an issue in one of those areas was the reason for every mistake that I have ever made. So that was the problem that Clarice was created to solve, to help us all see clearer in these areas so we can get to live in the life God created us for. So to dive deeper into that and to learn more about all things Clarity, head over to ClarityBlog.com and be sure to connect with me on the Clarity Blog, IG, Facebook, or other social media pages. And remember, at ClarityBlog.com, there's the blog, the podcast, radio show, merchandise, all things the whole entire Clarity universe, as I say. And Clarity is spelled C-L-A-R-I-S-E-E, if you forgot. All right, so today's conversation. I was thinking, many business and life coaches, they often will say, show me your habits, and that will show why you are or aren't successful. Well, I don't think they're wrong, but I believe that Examining your tendencies will show you the life that you are creating because our tendencies will either build or destroy the life we say we want. You know, it's pretty clear that I value self-examination, but I don't see that the power is necessarily in me looking and thinking about my life. Yeah, I'm smart, no doubt about that. And I believe that I would eventually come to some astounding conclusions about my life, but the time and the energy that that would take, sheesh, who has time for that? (laughs) Not me. I'm all for working hard, but God's given us the grace to work smarter, so I would rather do that instead. So my goal is to always to look at myself and my life and see the truth. I make a point to look and examine 
I trust God to reveal the truth. And I promise to address what he reveals the way he instructs me to. That's my formula for success. And at this point in our lives, I don't think we should want anything stopping us. Well, let me speak for myself. At least I don't. I have grown so much, but I realize that there are some tendencies that I still have not outgrown yet. And instead of ignoring them, I want to look deeper to see how they showed up then in my past, how they are announcing themselves now, and then decide what I'll do about them. Because I'll tell you one thing, they're not coming with me any longer. Tendencies have a way of weighing us down and holding us back because they are so habitual at times. We don't even realize that we are doing them or the effect that they're having on our lives. A lot of times these tendencies are born out of a traumatic response to something we could not process correctly at the time. But we have to stop and we have to think. Is it time for us to examine them, to see the fruit they are producing in our lives, and to make the decision of what we're going to do about them? Are they going to continue with us? So in this last quarter of the year that we are looking at, let's take time to examine our tendencies and see what's continuing on with us and what needs to stay where it's at. So before we step any deeper into this, I want to make sure we're speaking the same language, make sure we're on the same page. So for the sake of this conversation, a tendency and a habit, they aren't the same thing. Our friend Oxford says, a tendency is an inclination toward a particular characteristic or type of behavior. So for me personally, as an example, my tendencies seem uncontrollable and inherent. You see, habits are conscious. You make a choice in the very beginning to do this, but a tendency, that's not something that is always noticeably conscious and not a noticeably conscious decision. For me, it was almost a knee-jerk response or something that as far back as I can remember, this was how I've been. We don't necessarily choose our tendencies, especially not with a sober mind. And at this point, we've got years of practice in doing these things. So they seem so normal. But now it's time to decide, do we want to choose differently? So this is the clarity clarity point for this episode. This is what I see clearly. Whom you have a tendency of being is in conflict often with whom you are meant to become. Because like I said, most of the times our tendencies are built out of a trauma response. They are built out of a flesh-like reaction and not the truth of who we are actually supposed to be or become. And our tendencies, they can't be ignored. They are causing a cycle in our lives. And to stop the cycle, we must confront them. So let's go. There are a few tendencies I've discovered. And I would bet my last dollar that we have some of these in common. 
but just so you have something to springboard off of, some examples to start looking at your own life. And because I fancy myself to be a bit of a storyteller. And because I am only the expert of my own life, I'm going to pick a few examples of tendencies from my own storybook. So sit back and relax. It's story time. All right. Tendency one. Picture, Sicily, 1909. Y'all, please tell me that you got that Golden Girls reference. If you didn't, please stop. Pause this right now, if you can, and Google Golden Girls, because that is a reference that really should not be missed. Anyway, seriously. It was sixth grade year, and young Elena took a very big risk and tried out for the school musical. There was a song that I had my heart set on singing, and they gave that part to another girl. Y'all, my little heart was broken. I was heartbroken, especially since she could not sing. That girl could not sing. And I'm not trying to be petty or talk about her, but she could not sing at all. But one thing led to another. And another part became available. And this one, oh, this one was actually a perfect song for me. It was gospel inspired and I could vibe with it. And I practiced and I practiced in the garage for days to get this song right. And honestly, I practiced in the garage because I was so nervous about singing in front of people. But when I auditioned, I got my little self together. I sang my little heart out and I got the part. I was so excited and everything was great until I had to rehearse the song on stage in front of people. Somehow I did not quite calculate that in my plan and I was terrified. The, the play director, he made me go over that song over and over and over. But in my head, I was just so terrified of singing and cracking or hitting a bad note. And those, honestly, it was not an option. It was not an option. But I was raised to respect adults. So when he made me get up there and sing, I sang, but not necessarily loud enough for anyone to hear me. And that poor man, he tried to give me tips and he made me practice over and over, but I just would not give him anything else. That was all I had to offer. And he was going to have to take it or leave it. I was so relieved when I saw my mother walking into that auditorium to pick me up. The torture was finally over. I had outlasted this beast of a man who was trying to force me to sing. And it was now finally time to go home because the Lord had heard my cry. So I ran to get my stuff, but not before the director happened to mention to my mother that they were having trouble getting me to sing loud enough to be heard. Now, many of you don't know my mother, but if you do, you would know that that was the wrong thing to say to her because my mother not only was a singer, is a singer, but came from a long line of singers. And in my family, we have a thing about doing things well. 
So before I knew it, I was ordered back on that stage to sing again. And my lovely, sweet mother made it clear that if she was not satisfied with my performance, that she would leave my little north side living self at that south side school. I kid you not, my mother walked back and forth throughout the entire space and I had to sing loud enough for her to hear me in every corner of that auditorium and this was without a microphone use your diaphragm Elena breathe Elena I can't hear you Elena and she was not playing she made me sing that song until she felt like I did my best and when she started now these adults they were looking at her like They wanted to call CPS on her for lightweight abusing me. But by the end of that song, oh, they looked at her like she was a miracle worker. They were trying to get her to give tips to the other kids. They were amazed because they just didn't believe that I had it in me. And honestly, I didn't either. See, tendency one is that sometimes I have a tendency of forgetting what I'm capable of. You see, in many ways, when I have to do something new, especially in public, I have a tendency to doubt that I'll be successful. It is so easy to see all the ways I might fail, but it's harder to see the ways I'll pull it off. I see it as a logical and responsible act of preparation. But it's a tendency to devalue myself and lessen God. It's a habit of believing a lie and finding the information to reinforce it. But I'm learning to stop the spin and to confront this lie with the truth because failing publicly is not the biggest risk that I'm facing. Missing a divine moment is. You see, the lie that I often believe is that I don't have enough. I'm not enough. And a little while ago, my mother and I, we were actually laughing about this memory, the school musical. And I asked her what made her respond how she did. Because how did she know not to push too hard or or when it was the right moment and that I wouldn't just crack or cave under the pressure? And she said, I knew what was in you and how hard to push to bring it out. She said, not only could I not let you believe that you couldn't do this, but I couldn't let those people treat you like that was the best you had to offer. I couldn't let you live that lie. You see, you don't always know what's inside you until you're pushed. And without the pressure, we would often comfortably live a lie. I felt like my mother was so cruel at the time. Y'all, that ride home, I was mad. She didn't care, but I was mad. But I have so much respect for her now. This isn't just imposter syndrome. It's the spirit of poverty. And it shows up in mindsets that convince us to believe that we don't have enough and that we aren't enough. So you have to decide What spirit you're going to move in, poverty or abundance, boldness, might, or we're going to be out here pretending like we don't have the spirit of God working within us. So 
Can you do all things through God that strengthens you? Do you actually believe that? Do you believe that God provided for and equipped you? Or do you think failure is inevitable because you don't have what it takes? You get to choose what you believe, but you're responsible for the benefits or consequences of that choice. So do you have this tendency? And if so, are we continuing this thing? Are we going to leave? Are we going to leave it here? I'm going to let you take a minute to think on that, and we'll come back after this break. We are back with the Clarity Podcast and Radio Show. And now today, we are having a conversation about tendencies. The tendencies in our lives that are actually, when we take a look at them, hindering us from living and becoming all that God has for us to be. Now, we just covered tendency one. If you did not catch that, feel free to head over to the Clarity Podcast on any podcast platform, Apple, Spotify, Google, Facebook, all of them, and you can replay the beginning of this episode. Well, we'll catch you later. We're going to keep on going to tendency two. Now, for this story, because we're back in story time, I was much younger, maybe four or five, but I remember it vividly. It was during one of those summers where my sisters and I would spend two weeks with my grandma. And one day she took us to this children's museum where they had some sort of kids activity. And it was in this inflatable igloo like tent. And inside it, they did some sort of light show or or something. But it was small, kind of inside of this room. And when we came in, there was one going on. So we sat and we waited. We could hear the kids ooh and on. Oh, I was so excited. So when it was our turn, I was ready to go. We had to get on our little hands and knees and, and crawl inside of the little igloo thing. And it was like the, the, the little pathway portion, the, the little hallway sort of thing. And... The instructor went in first and we had getting a little line and, and me and the rest of the kids had to crawl inside of it. Well, the only problem was as I crawled into this tunnel of the igloo, it seemed like it was getting darker and darker. And like we were just going for miles and it was really starting to bother me because I didn't know what was in there. And honestly, I was too scared to find out. So I hit the reverse and backed my little way out of that thing and completely aborted the mission. My sisters, they were so sweet. They tried to convince me to come in, but I wouldn't. I was done with that thing. And instead, I heard the kids ooh and ah and laugh from the outside of that igloo sitting next to my grandma and the rest of the adults. And I regretted the entire time that I wasn't brave enough to experience the show. So tendency number two, I realized that at times I've had a tendency of not submitting to the unknown. And I'll admit that there are times that I have a problem relaxing in the unknown. 
I've gotten much better since the igloo incident, but if I'm not careful, I will slip back into refusing situations that require me to trust the unknown. Only now it looks a little different. It looks like me procrastinating by overplanning or waiting for the millionth confirmation. Now it can look like control and plan B's. It may look different, but in many ways, it's still the girl backtracking out of the igloo, refusing to move forward, even though I desperately want to experience what's ahead. In essence, it's avoiding submitting because I don't like the situation. But y'all, I don't want to run back to my comfort zone anymore. I know what's there. And it's funny that the more we take chances in trusting God in situations that feel unknown, we actually realize that elements of them start feeling very familiar because we discovered that they're not as foreign as we thought. We just need something to anchor us. And so that's what I'm doing now. I'm looking for the anchor. Instead of looking for the elements of the comfort zone that make me feel comfortable, I look for the things, the spots of truth that can anchor me and propel me forward to my destiny. You know, if when I was entering the igloo, if I would have reminded myself that my sisters were with me, and that they wouldn't let anything bad happen to me, I probably would have made it through that experience. I was physically in between both of my older sisters. And at that time, I believed that my sisters could protect me from anything. But I was so scared that I didn't focus on that. And in the same way, when I remind myself that God is with me, so even if the situation feels unstable, I remind myself that I'm actually safe, that that's the reality of the situation. I'm able to make it through many situations that would have sent me running before. We need truths to anchor us. And it can't be a truth that you think you believe or you're trying to believe. No, you must find a truth that you have conviction about. Something you actually believe because when you're in the moment, it's not the time to try to convince yourself of the truth. That anchor isn't established. You have to determine what's true to you, why you believe it's true, and reinforce it with the evidence you believe so it can anchor you when you need it. Y'all, in our last blog focus episode, our last conversation, I told you that I am a very logical person at times. And so for me, faith and logic aren't necessarily on two separate ends of the spectrum. No, faith can be logical. And for me, it kind of needs to be. I have to create an argument that convinces me that what I am doing, what I'm trusting God for, the faith that I am employing, is actually logical. So what I do is I create an argument for myself. I look at the situation. I run my track record. I run the numbers like I do at work. I say, okay, your track record of getting through situations successfully, what does that look like? And then compare it to God's track record. 
Well, it's actually more logical to trust him in this situation. He knows everything. I know nothing. Sometimes I know a little bit, but I still don't see everything. So since I can't see the future, it's actually more logical to trust the person who can. To trust the one that has the all-seeing eyes and the wisdom and revelation and knows all things. So, in the end, it becomes more logical to have faith and trust God for me. And that's what allows me to relax in the unknown. I focus on what I know. And so, if you have this same tendency, I would, one, focus on what you know, but also to supercharge that, I would increase your knowledge. Study. Right now, I am studying about the fact that the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead dwells inside of me. But for me to fully understand and apply that to real life situations, I have to understand what that spirit can do to understand what the spirit inside of me can do. So I'm studying on the spirit of God and throughout the Bible, what all it achieved, which is everything is so much, but that helps give me the foundation in situations where I feel like I don't have enough. Well, I don't have to have enough because the spirit does. The spirit is within me. So I just need to lean on that. And if I have researched and understand what the spirit can do, then I can trust the fact that for one, this is not the spirit's first time at doing this. So this is tried and true of an approach. So I can rely on it. I can trust it and I can relax. All right, so tendency number three. Now, if you know me, then you know that I think Boys to Men is one of the best groups of all times. Fight me if you want to. I have receipts and I believe that you cannot talk me out of it. I mean, the harmonies, the vocal quality, the emotion. Do I need to say more? I don't think so. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? They are top tier, can't be touched. Well, a few years ago, I got the chance to finally see the boys in concert. Oh, it was great. Hearing those harmonies in person was everything. On the way home with my mama and my sister, because we were all, we were all there together. I was high on life. So my sister was in charge since she was in the passenger seat. That is the person who has to be the navigator if we're on trips, but the DJ normally. So she was in charge of being the car DJ and playing all of my favorite songs that they didn't sing at the concert. Well, she was low-key getting on my nerves because she started testing songs that weren't really anyone's favorite, if you ask me. So I felt like she was kind of bringing down the mood of the car. I was about to revoke her DJ privileges and just do it myself because she was starting playing these slow songs. And I was telling her, that I did not know this song. And she was arguing with me about the fact that I did. I was offended. I know what I know. And who is she to tell me that I know and I like this song? Like she knows better than me. I was about to change the song myself when we got to the course and all of a sudden, I started singing the words to the song that I had no recollection of knowing. 
I mean, it it freaked me out. It felt like, like it, like something had possessed me. I was not in control of my own body. I mean, before the lyrics could hit my head, they were coming out of my mouth. And I mean, I was not just lyrics and notes. I was executing runs perfectly in everything. And I had no recollection whatsoever of this song. But what I had forgotten was that I used to love this song. And I only remembered that after... I was open to the idea that I might be wrong. Y'all should have saw my face. My mother was cracking up my face because I visibly looked confused and shocked and suspicious because I did not know how it was possible for me to be singing a song that I did not remember. But this is tendency number three. Sometimes I have a tendency to forget that I am not always the expert of me. With all of my self-examination, sometimes I convince myself that I know myself, and I do. But if I am not careful, I'll forget that I know myself well, but God knows me best. He often confronts in me the things that I feel like I know about myself, who I am, and what I'm capable of. Well, I may be an expert on who I've been, but I'm learning who I'm becoming. And I must keep the perspective that I am discovering myself. Otherwise, I have a tendency to reject who God reveals to me I am. There have been so many times God has told me I am someone or put me in a situation where I was required to perform at a level or in a way that I didn't think was me. This blog was completely wrong for me, I thought. Career moves he told me to make seemed so out of reach. Who he told me he created me to be seemed like a fairy tale. It all seemed like he got it wrong. But life became easier for me when I allowed myself to consider the possibility that my perspective of me might not be reality. What if God was right? What if this is really who I am and I've gotten it wrong this whole time. Instead of rejecting his promptings to accept his identity, I started asking myself, what if he's right? And you know me, I started looking for the evidence. Well, he said, he said I could do this and I I am pretty good at that. And I've always been able to do that. So it might not be so crazy to believe that this could happen. That one switch, the switch of just considering the possibility, turned into hope, which turned into faith, which became trust and action. And then I started becoming all the things he said I was in ways that I could see. Now, when God reveals to me who I am, even if it may seem so massively overwhelming, I don't say no. Instead, I ask him to help me believe it and to see it, and I trust him to help me become it. So what promises of God, what elements of your identity is God saying is you that you haven't accepted? What aspects 
of you do you believe is actually you and it's contradicting who God says you are, whether he told you or it's in the Bible. He's telling you, this is you. This is who I've created you to be. And there are some things that we adamantly reject out of fear, out of misunderstanding our identity, out of thinking that we don't want it or that it's too hard or looking at the consequences of someone else's life and thinking that we can't do it ourselves or people telling us that we could never be whatever lie that it is, because it's a lie. What aspects of your identity have you rejected, discarded, or are in conflict with? And what do we need to go back and reevaluate? Because I promise you this, the abundant purpose-filled life that you want is aligned with God's identity. There's no other way to it. So we're going to take another break and I'll let you think on that and just Take a moment to examine yourself and your identity. If in a perfect world, in kingdom world, who would you be? What would you do if there were no limits on your identity or your capability? And I guarantee you that in some ways that is more aligned to who God has actually created you to be than the person you are settling at being right now. All right. That's enough. We'll take a break. We'll be back shortly. All right, y'all, we are back to the Clarity Podcast in radio station, and that was our final break of the episode. So today we have been having a conversation about tendencies, these habitual, seemingly inherent, uncontrollable things that we do that we've done for as long as we can remember. Don't fully remember where they started, but it seems so much a part of us that it's just our normal behavior. But when we actually take a look at it, we realize that these things many times are stopping us from living the abundant, purpose-driven life that we want from becoming who we are supposed to be. So we have covered three tendencies. We had story time. We laughed. We learned. It was great. We, I told stories from my own personal childhood. <laughs> and it was a great way to showcase how tendencies show up in our lives, I believe. If you missed it, feel free to head over to the Clarity Podcast on any podcast platform and listen so that you can get all the goodness from the very beginning because I would love to laugh and learn with you as well. So we are going to wrap it up with this final tendency. And I call it tendency zero because I think this is where it all started. Now, I believe that every human being has the tendency of Adam. You know him, remember him, Garden of Eden, him, Eve, the apple, snake, all that kind of stuff, him. Now, I believe this tendency, it may show up when we're tired or frustrated, scared, disappointed, hurt, or other situations. But for whatever reason, we have this tendency, it seems like, to depart from God's presence. 
to back up, to take space, to create distance, all to protect ourselves from what we feel like his access will bring. We may back up because we feel shame for some reason or because we made some sort of mistake or because we feel rejected by God or overburdened or overwhelmed or disappointed. We take control. We create plan B, C's, D's, E's. Or we try to chart a new path to get what we want in a way that seems easier. Whatever the feeling or the reason, it convinces us that God's presence isn't a safe place or the quickest route to everything that we need. We have a tendency to forget that he is the solution and the supply. Running from him perpetuates the problem. Running to him accelerates the solution. You know, my life has been spent discovering how true this is. And honestly, it only seems untrue to those who don't yet understand how truly, how to truly experience God's presence. But if you want to learn how, just ask me. I can share what works for me. It was so hard for me wanting to go to God's presence when I felt like it was an obligation or job or boring. For so long, it felt like it was boring. Nothing happened. I'm just sitting here talking to myself is what it felt like because I never got an indication that God was listening really or that he wanted to talk back. But that was because I didn't understand how to navigate God's presence. And learning that has made all of the difference. Now I, can, I do not have time with God where I don't feel the interaction and the exchange where I don't feel the reality of his presence. And I tell you what, it is a beautiful, mind-blowing, awe-inspiring, amazing thing. If you are not experiencing that, you don't know what you're missing. And I'm telling you this, it's not for special people. It's not for the privileged or the VIP. This is what is your portion as a child of God. This is how it should be and how it is supposed to be for everyone. So if it is not this way for you, get at me. <laughs> Let me know and I can share with you what has worked for me. All right. When I look at my tendencies, I see that right before I reacted and my tendency came to be, there was a lie that found its way into my heart. It's how it started with a thought. If people are watching you, you can't mess up. The unknown is unsafe. I didn't consciously choose to believe these things, but when the thought came up, I agreed with it. I held on to it and I wouldn't accept any other truth. So it showed up in my life over and over as a tendency. These are things I did without even thinking because I had accepted the reality of them as the truth. So I just kept perpetuating that cycle. Things that I did seemed so inherent and went as far back as I could remember. You saw some of my examples when I was young. And before I really could process the situation, 
I chose and decided these things and just kept choosing it because I didn't have a sober, clear mind. And when I reexamined it with a, a clear, healed, delivered mind, it's like, why the heck am I doing that? That doesn't make any sense. And so the thing for you is, the thing for me is, just because we've always done these things doesn't mean that we have to accept them anymore. We accept things as normal and as a part of our personality way too easily. And many of these things, they would fall away if we confronted them. We are not meant to be ruled by our tendencies, but how do we stop? We outsmart them. So instead of my tendencies feeding my shame, they feed my intentions, my passions, my pursuit. I focus myself so my tendencies don't lead me. This is the way I see it. If my tendencies happen when I don't think, what happens when I'm intentional about what I do and think? Well, for one, a whole lot less mindless behavior happens. See, I look at my tendencies and they are a roadmap of the areas where I need to be placing more intention, more passion, more pursuit, more focus on God. That's how we outsmart our tendencies. God gives us the strategy. He tells us to crucify our flesh daily and to renew our mind. And the areas that we have these unhealthy tendencies show us the areas we need to focus on crucifying our flesh in and the areas we need to renew our mind in. This helps us to fortify ourselves and confront and correct our tendencies so they don't have the power over us anymore. And that focuses our life on purpose. Side note, you know, it was actually in focusing on my passion and intention on pursuing God that I found my purpose. Purpose is revealed in pursuit of God. If you pursue purpose alone, you will find confusion, hustle, and a misdirected identity. But because purpose is a byproduct not a priority. So focus on the main thing. And when you keep the main thing, the main thing, you get the byproducts, you get the fruit, you get all the results that you really want. So back to tendencies. So what are your tendencies? Do you know? If not, I encourage you to take the time to find out and then Ask God to show you what that tendency is connected to. Because nine times out of 10, there's a lie that's found its way into your heart that's keeping the cycle of that tendency going. So I pray that every habit, every tendency, every thought or belief that is not rooted in the truth of God is removed from your heart, from your mind and from your life. I command your deliverance in the name of Jesus and I ask the Lord to renew your mind and heal your heart so you no longer have to live these lies. I pray that God reveals to you who you are and the life of purpose, peace, joy, favor, and abundance he has for you. I pray he frees you from any shame, 
of the past and that you experience his love like never before. Cleanse us, Lord. Wash us. Renew and refresh us for your glory and for your righteousness. Align us with your kingdom, with your identity, with your truth, Lord, and let them root down deep in our hearts. Let them anchor us, Father God, and let us run to your presence in every area, at every moment of our lives in this experience that we have in living and creating this life of purpose and abundance and fulfillment that you have blessed us with. So in Jesus' name, amen. All right. So as always, I want to know how this impacted you. I, I want to know the thoughts or revelations you had because of this episode, how it helped you, what decisions you made, the conversations that this may have inspired. I want to know all the things. So be sure to subscribe to the Clarity Podcast on any podcast platform. Leave a review. I would love to know what you thought. Visit ClaritiBlog.com for all of the Clarity Podcast information, for all the blog information, for merch, for everything within the Clarity universe. If you are a reader like me, there is a blog for this episode. So read through it, sort it out, and let me know how I can help you through your journey. So connect with me through the radio show, through the podcast, through Instagram, Facebook, through the blog, any way you do it. Send me a pigeon smoke signal. I don't care. But let's continue this conversation. And until then, see you next time.